It's Tuesday at 8pm and you're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM. You're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM. Good evening and you're very welcome to this week's Best Possible Taste I'm Sharon Noonan and coming up on the show tonight, we will be celebrating one whole year since the launch of Neighbour Food in Limerick and talking to host Deirdre McMahon about its resounding success for customers and suppliers alike. And Kira Brennan from Happy Food at Home shares her insights into enjoying a plant-based diet and details about her online cookery courses. But before we speak to Deirdre, let me tell you how to get in touch with me here at The Best Possible Taste. You can make contact by emailing me s.noonan at live.ie or you can tweet me at Queen of Org, as in Queen of Organisation. And I'm also on Instagram at Sharon J. Noonan. So around this time last year, Deirdre McMahon launched Neighbour Food in Limerick, the venue being the milk market. And the click and collect service has been a game changer for suppliers and customers alike. And I'm delighted to have Deirdre join us tonight to talk about the success of this unique market. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Deirdre, happy anniversary. I can't believe it's one year since you started Neighbourhood in Limerick. Thanks very much, Sharon. Yeah, I can't believe it's a year either. <laughs> it seemed uh, much longer and also much shorter, depending on, uh, you know, what was going on. And it was really nice to market. We, we had a really lovely week. Well, listen, let's go back to the beginning. And it was, I suppose, was it December 2019 whenever you decided yeah you were going to do this you were approached by somebody in the milk market who suggested yep Deirdre you're the woman here's a great project for you yeah it was actually September 2019 when David Fitzgerald first you know approached me about it and interestingly I, I hadn't come across it at all you know because as you know I was working in food already but I hadn't come across this platform and immediately I, I, I thought it was really fascinating and, you know, a really easy uh, platform to, to use, you know, user-friendly, all that kind of thing. But um, I was in the middle of something else when he asked me about it. And so then I around the end of November, I started working on it, put together the social media, started approaching suppliers. And my intention all the time was to open at Easter. Because, you know, Easter is such a lovely time when the salads are, you know, just ready at the local farms and, you know, milk, the spring milk is coming in, all that kind of thing. I just thought it would be the perfect time to start. But then I got a call on St. Patrick's Day from Jack Crotty, who is the owner of Neighbour Food. And he was living in northern Italy at the time, right at the epicentre of everything unfolding. And he said... You need to go now, right now. And he was so right because we literally had our first collection the day before the first lockdown was announced. So, you know, if we hadn't been up and running before the lockdown was announced, I shudder to think, like, would we have got up and running, you know? But we were, and it proved to be very useful for, not just for customers, but for suppliers because the markets were closed. I mean, we kind of nearly forget that now, but the markets were closed for months. 
So for small suppliers, neighbor food ended up being, and not just my neighbor food, but neighbor foods all over the country ended up being really a lifeline for them. Well, let's, let's just explain how it all works in case people aren't familiar with it. So it is an online market in inverted commas, but the way it works is you're talking there about your suppliers. You have people that come to you who say, I do goat's cheese, I do um, smoked salmon, I grow salad leaves, I have chickens, I have meat. And you look at those people and say, OK, yeah, you would be a good fit with our market. And then you add them to the IET system that Jack Crotty that you mentioned there and his pal down in Cork created. And then you open your market online on a Friday. And between Friday and a Tuesday, I can go in and order whatever I want to order. So freshly baked bread, you've cakes, you've apple juice. Like you, how many suppliers do you have at the moment? I have over 40 now. Um, it's a little bit fluid from time to time because, um, for instance, some of the veg suppliers are not on at the moment because, you know, they don't have anything yet. So, um, but, you know, they'll be coming back on over the next three to four weeks. And then, you know, we've had people who came on with us for a while and then left because obviously in the first lockdown, it really, you know, it was a lifeline for some people. But then when things went back to normal, they just went wanted to go back to being a market trader and, and to keep it at that. And that's fair enough as well. So it's in around 40, 43, I think, at the moment, um, which is great. And as you say, it's, you know, it's got, it's, we have everything from veg to meat to wine to chocolate. <laughs> um, like I've got three new people coming on this week, which is great. A, a beef supplier, um, somebody making candles and also uh, Celtic Kombucha, which is a new, brand new kombucha startup. Um, so, you know, it really is a good range. And as you say, customers get notified on Friday evening that the market is open. I usually try to launch it around five o'clock on Friday. And then they have until midnight on Tuesday to shop. And they can shop as many times as they like. Um, the minimum order is five euros. So, you know, they can they can go in. I know I do it all the time that I do a bit of a shop on Sunday and then I've completely forgotten my bread. <laughs> so I would shop again on Tuesday and the system recognizes your card. So everything ends up being in the one order. So which is really good for us. Um, and then they come in and collect on the Thursday evening from five to seven. And we even have this drive-through collection now, which has just been a fantastic um, thing, a nice add-on for us. And they can so from between six and seven, they can drive through the market, which is brilliant if you're, you know, nervous about COVID or if you're just trying to to isolate as much as possible, or if you're cocooning, or for any reason you don't want to meet people, you don't even have to get out of your car. So you know, I think that's been a a really good uh, thing for us to add on to, to help people to feel really secure. You know, as I keep saying, it's about the safest way you can do your shopping. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think one of the huge or a number of the benefits for the likes of suppliers there, the suppliers to your market is you're talking there about this time of the year. So the grower may not have anything up at the moment, but it's coming on stream and the availability of that so depending on how much they have you talk about supply and demand 
well, if they have enough carrots for 20 customers, will they tick that box in their, in their, on the system online there? So 20 customers can buy the carrots, but when they're gone, they're gone, so to speak, you know, so they could yeah. be gone by a sat on a Saturday evening. And I think, you know, it is definitely more challenging for the growers because I think last year, a lot of them, when the markets closed, they decided not to plant as much. And then, yes. then the likes of you came on and they had to say, okay, we have to start planting now, but obviously it takes time for things to grow. But for the likes of the, the baker, this is brilliant because they know on a Wednesday what they have to bake for Thursday. They're not putting it out there and crossing their fingers that it's all going to sell. Everything that they're doing on a Wednesday to take into you on a Thursday is sold. I think that's a huge benefit. I think that really is the core of it, you know, and, and when Jack and Martin put it together, you know, I think that was a big part of it for them because Jack Crotty had been a market trader himself. So he knew exactly about the, you know, the perils of going to your market stall and trying to decide how much to bring with you. You know, you could bring way too much and go home with unsold bread or whatever it is. And then even worse, bring way too little. <laughs> And be sold out, you know, an hour into the market and then and then being completely fed up that you could have made more money. So the neighbor food is ideal in that way, that it, everything is pre-sold, if you like. So by midnight on Tuesday, the um and actually the, the supplier generally gets an email on a Wednesday morning with the PDF, their picking list. So they know exactly what they've sold and they're able to, you know, they're able to see exactly what needs to be baked, exactly what needs to be picked out of the field. You know, it's really ideal. Um, no waste so it, it's really helpful for the whole zero waste issue that you know we're, we all need to be thinking about um, and also I think what's not talked about a lot is the the payment is very quick so for a lot of small suppliers if they decide to go into one of the supermarkets um, you know they can be waiting three months to be paid like you know I, I think a lot of people maybe aren't aware of that but Neighbor food, they're paying the following week, not even a week later. So, like, it's fantastic for, for startups, for anybody who's a small, you know, we have a lot of small producers who are very much living week to week, etc. And so for them, I think neighbor food really is, is really helpful, you know. And I know it would have been said to me a lot last year um, that having neighbor food was better than anything the government were bringing in, you know, in terms of subsidies or, or, or supports that, you know, having that market available was, uh, was really what they needed. And you could see some of the producers were so good at pivoting, you know, to, to make it work for them. You could see the, the, the growers who were really ambitious, who suddenly had to change their whole model, who maybe had been working towards restaurants which was that, you know, was just suddenly completely gone. And they had to change around as quickly as possible to be able to then supply neighbor food and then other small shops and that. So, you know, these people are so hardworking and so dedicated and they often don't get that credit. And I mean, we could see it. It was so obvious to us to see, you know, what Kevin is doing down there and I know what Lucy is doing and they're, they're working so hard to make it, you know, to make their, their business viable. The other um, huge advantage for customers, I think, is budgeting, because as somebody that, you know, the odd time that I get into the milk market in normal times, 
you, you're completely overwhelmed by the fantastic choice. So you say, yep, I'll have that, 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 that. And you don't, you never know how much it's all going to cost. And look, when it's a one-off like that, that's that's totally fine. But what I have found with neighbor food is that, you know, I go in and I say, oh yeah, I'm going to have that and that and that and that. And the next thing you can see how much it's cost. And so when you're budgeting, you can say, do you know what? That's that's a treat for maybe in a couple of weeks time. Or I can justify that because the shelf life is there and it's a store cupboard item. Um, and and it, it makes life much easier for people that are budgeting. And a lot of people are budgeting at the moment. And an awful lot of people are budgeting now. No, there's no doubt about that. And yeah, it's very good for that. Um, even as you say, if you're planning for two to three weeks' time, that you're able to see. Now, you'll know that some of the vegetable suppliers aren't going to have the same thing every week. But still, you'll know, I want my kale, my salad, my spuds, my carrots today. And, you know, next week now, <laughs> I'm going to splash out and I'm going to get myself some chocolate or a bottle of wine or I might get something from Happy Food at Home because I don't want to cook next Thursday or whatever. So it's ideal for that, that you're able to go into every single producer. Like the way the website is set up is quite good. You can click on individual producers or individual categories. And, you know, for instance, if you're somebody who's on a special diet, you can go into the, the dietary um, category and you know you can have a look you can be looking at what i want next week what i want the week after even if there's anything coming up like easter you know although i would say the easter eggs are well sold out at the stage but um it's very handy for that i know definitely on the budget that's what i do i have myself a set limit every week occasionally go over it but you know <laughs> most of the time you're like this is my budget for neighbor food and that's what i'm going to spend and it's it's great for that and we do try to do specials so there's a special section like a, a best value section there's a new product section um so it's quite well laid out in that way um for you to for you to choose what you need every week then you have your favorites it must be mm-hmm. very very difficult to Charger. to pick to pick those <laughs> out every week because and, and as the host like there is an onus on you to make sure you've tried nearly everything that's there as well. There is, and you know that was very easy at the beginning because because everything was new. But um, these days, what I try to do is, if I have a new supplier, I always try to pick at least one of their products, you know, to highlight and um, say, well, we have three new suppliers this week, so that was you know five or six um, products. But also the suppliers themselves will let me know if they have a special offer on or if they have something new or, you know, something that they suddenly have a glut of or just something that they tried out. And we'll put those on the host picks as well. But I do feel like I have to try everything and I have to, um, you know, well, it's funny. I think I put the Ballyhara mushroom kits on a few weeks because (laughs) I have those and I have two of them now and I think they're the best thing ever (laughs) but then at the same time I have to tell myself like not everybody wants to grow their own mushrooms (laughs) so uh, yeah it's uh, there's a lot of thought goes into that every Friday you know so tell us now about the new suppliers you've mentioned you've three new suppliers this week tell us who they are and what products they have so we have first of all um Pelta Kombucha which is um brand new as far as I know literally just a few weeks old 
Uh, they came in to see me about a month ago and uh, they're based in Quilty, County Clare. And they have four flavours. And I mean, I presume you drink kombucha as well. I love kombucha, right? But the flavours in these are just really unusual. There's like bog carrots and ginger. And then there's one with a- apple pie and honey. And myself and Dorothy drank that together the first day. And the, like the, literally the two of us went, oh my God. <laughs> if the flavours are just really fresh and oh it's just delicious so i actually can't wait for that to come in now on thursday but uh then we have ale farm candles so ale farm are out in tipperary and they're actually uh involved in running one of the neighbor foods as well so they're making handmade candles in their own place in tipperary and then we have uh irish piedmontese beef who you might have seen they were on ear to the ground a few weeks back a few months back i think it was in november um, so that's John Commons and his family, and they're in Tipperary as well. And they brought in these Piedmontese uh, cattle from Italy, and um, really just in looking at a way to make the farm, you know, more viable. And um, they're a lean beef, if that's what you're looking for. Like I know I, lo- I like fatty beef, but people are looking for different things, and certainly a lot of health conscious people are looking for a nice lean beef, and they're naturally lean, you know. And um, so he's has a really nice range, steaks, uh, roasts, sausages, the whole lot. So he's coming on board this week. And um, it's great because we've had a few other new suppliers in the last couple of weeks as well. And it's nice to have something new all the time for people to try, you know. And it's good that it's not all food, that there's a few different gift items and treats there as well. Yeah. And, and I presume at Christmas you had a lot of Christmas themed items. We did. We had, well, we had Christmas hampers, but we also had um, wreaths and floral arrangements. And we had a boxable with our little um, gift boxes. And sure, we had other things I can't remember. <laughs> but uh, we have a um, supplier from Galway called the Filling Station. And they have a really amazing range. They have about 300 products. So they, it's, both food and non-food. So they have um, all your dried products. So dried fruit, nuts, seeds, grains, pastas, all that kind of thing. But then they also do a huge range of um, environmentally friendly, sustainable uh, household products. So as well as cleaners, they have things like um, toothbrushes and um, household, you know, dishwashing brushes and that kind of thing. And they're all made from bamboo and things like that so and they're very interesting things sometimes we open the box and we're like whoa what's that <laughs> somebody had a, a lovely uh, reflexology um foot massager thing a few weeks ago and I, everyone who was in the unit at the time went i'm getting that next week um so you know and there are other lovely just things like um eco egg for doing your washing up um or your washing washing your clothes loads of different choices reusable um stainless steel straws all that kind of eco uh, range so i think it's you know it's really quite broad which is great and um, that's really added a really good element onto the, our offering now and whenever you order the pasta i presume from the name the filling <laughs> station it's about 
there's no unnecessary packaging and everything because yeah. I know where I'm from in the north there's a place that my mother goes to she takes her container with her or she used to I don't know if it's still open in the COVID times but she used to take the container with her and, and fill it up so what way does that work if you order the pasta for example? Yeah so exactly as you said there's no plastic so everything comes in paper bags and it's great because you can you can order different sizes, you know. So like I think I got spaghetti now last week. I think it comes in five hundred grams. But if you order five hundred grams, it's coming in a in a brown paper bag. But if you order it two five hundred grams or three five hundred grams, it's coming in the same brown paper bag, you know, because the bag is big enough. Um, but it's paper, so there's no plastic, and um, that can be recycled, and you can pop it into your container then when you get it home. Obviously, if you live in Galway, you can go to the filling station and bring your own containers. We, we can't do that at the moment because the it's being sent down by courier, so we can't send the can't send the you know can't send containers to be filled. But still, there isn't an ounce of plastic in that box when it arrives. Everything is in paper. Um, what we do do just on the same um, vein is that we can send some containers back to some of our other producers. So what we do every week is we will take back your egg boxes. We take back your milk bottles. Um, we take back the water kefir bottles for Ballyhara mushrooms. Um, we take back the Happy Food at Home jars. So those all go back to the producer and are washed and recycled again. And I know that that's, you know, the customers really like that. They like to know that things are being reused, recycled. And uh, of course, then that saves the supplier money as well. So it's a win-win there. Win-win. In the past year, what trends have you seen emerging? Like you're talking about the kombucha there and you've mentioned kefir and happy food at home, which is vegan, vegan, all those different trends. Like it's very, you're very up to the current, you're up, you're, you're very current in what's happening in the market. But is there anything that you've noticed in the past 12 months, an increase, a decrease in any particular product? I think there's definitely been an increase in um, the interest in local, which is great. I mean, that's badly overdue. Um, but I, I suppose because people had a lot of time at home that they started to look at their, you know, where are they getting their shopping from? Now, I know the supermarkets have had a brilliant year as well they've done very very well but certainly um i think that all of the neighbor foods have you know really seen that that, that there is a thirst out there now for um local for knowing where the food comes from um and while i know that there's there's a good you know uh, an increase in in the vegan thing i think there's also a big move towards um really good meat from suppliers who want to talk about they want to talk about their animals you know they want to talk about how they do things um regenerative agriculture that kind of thing um even taste i think people are talking more about taste and maybe that's just because of the kind of food we have in able food but certainly i know when i got a new egg supplier that you know people were talking to me about my god those eggs they taste really differently and um 
different kind of flowers as well. I think that's that's something that's come up a lot now that people are looking more for alternative flower, you know, almond flower, coconut flower. Um, so I suppose that's gut issues, which you and I have talked about before. That's not going away anytime soon. People have a lot of gut issues. Um, but definitely veg, There's we're always talking about veg and how we don't have enough Irish veg and we, we need more veg growers and... Definitely, um, I loved to see that now that we have a year done, the seasonal element of, of the veg, you know, what was coming in. And that people are already, you know, for the last three weeks asking me, when is Noonien coming back on? Because they love his greens. When is New Leaf coming back on? Because they love his greens. And, um, you know, just watching that when, when the kale is in and then when the salad is in and then when the spinach is in and that, you know, watching that, that kind of annual changeover of the veg you know when are the new spuds coming that kind of thing so i don't know if that ties into your question at all i'm just rambling now <laughs> no you're um and in terms of your customer then have you is there is there can you say our customer is female or aged such and such or is it a very wide range of people that come into you it's very wide. Um, I think at the beginning, I noticed a very big difference from where I had been before. Um, that it was, you know, a lot of people who live in the city, a lot of couples. But that has changed now. I really have a very wide range. And the we will see it in our boxes every week because I go into the unit on Wednesday to sort the boxes once I have my numbers. So, you know, big box, small box, and um, because it's quite a small unit, so we don't have the same size box for everybody. But so they, they literally do range from the single person who's, you know, getting four or five items to the family who has a big, gigantic, industrial size crate. Um, so it's, you know, it's very broad now. And, um, you know, I think there are some customers who are coming buying a lot of their shopping from neighbor food but then also there are some customers who are only coming for one or two producers but they come back you know very regularly to buy from those one or two producers so yeah it's it's as wide as you get it sounds like there's great customer loyalty there there is no there really is that's good and that's been really nice to see because we have we haven't had what you might have in a shop situation where you can spend a lot of time talking to people, obviously because we've been operating almost entirely during COVID, um, the time that we spend with the customer is extremely short. <laughs> and um, when we opened, our first few weeks were unbelievably hectic because the markets were closed and we were we were really the only place that some people could get, you know, that that produce, um, and we had queues literally around the entire wall of the market so when people were coming into us we were trying to move as fast as possible but you can actually get you can get good conversation in 30 seconds like it's amazing you know that that um i don't know i suppose i hope myself and dorothy my daughter works with me that we will always you know try to be as friendly as possible and try to 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 talk to people and and, and do at least make an impression in that 30 seconds to a minute or whatever it is but um yeah people have kept coming back we certainly had we had a lot of people last year who you know only used us in lockdown but since everything reopened then it's been really nice and steady you know we've had 70 to 80 customers every week now since since christmas so it's good for us to see and you know we we say this all the time but 
we love Thursdays and our customers love Thursdays. They always say that I love Thursdays. I love coming here. I love collecting my box. A lot of the time what happens is that people say, I can't remember what I ordered. And they're opening, they're taking things out of their box and they're going, oh, look, I forgot I ordered all of them. So they're all excited. And, you know, I think it's, I suppose it's been one of those nice things to look forward to because we don't have much to look forward to right now. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's been, it's been great. Um, I think at the moment that I've, I see a lot of people who are finding this lockdown very difficult, um, more so than the others. And um, so, you know, hopefully we're coming out of it soon. But um, look, should we just try to be cheerful? And, and yeah, and anyway, getting back to what you said, customer loyalty has been great because like that, it's been hard enough to get to know people with this very short window. We are looking forward to when we have a normal neighbor food experience where we'll be able to do tasting nights and, you know, some sort of get to know you customer evening. We haven't been able to do any of that. Um, but, but still, they're still coming, which is great. And uh, we love seeing them. Well, congratulations on all the success today. At a year, you've achieved so much, Deirdre. And I know you've worked extremely hard at it. So fair play to you. And if anybody listening would like to join Neighbourhood, it is free to join. Just explain how that all works. It's Yeah, it's very simple. It's a simple sign up. Um, you go to www.neighbourhood.ie forward slash Limerick and you register, which is literally just your name and your phone number and your email. And then every time the market goes live, you will get an email just to tell you that it goes live. So there's no fee to join. Um, you just join up and you just do your shopping it's as simple as that it's it's a really user-friendly useful website um yeah it's a, it's a genius <laughs> well listen hopefully you'll get a few more members after they hear from you tonight and as i said congratulations with it have a fantastic easter and thanks so much for talking to me this evening thanks so much sharon and you have a lovely happy easter as well You're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM. Welcome back to The Best Possible Taste. I'm Sharon Noonan and just before the break I was talking to Deirdre McMahon, host of Neighbour Food in Limerick City. If you're just tuning in now and you missed that, you can catch The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM when it's repeated on Wednesday mornings at 8am and the podcasts are available to listen to on SharonNoonan.com as well as iTunes and the podcast app. Now our next guest tonight is one of the neighbourhood suppliers that Deirdre mentioned just before the break. Kira Brennan founded Happy Food at Home in 2016 and is committed to raising the profile about the benefits of plant-based diets and educating others on how best to enjoy it. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Kira, you're very welcome to the programme. Thanks for joining us this evening. And Happy Food at Home is well known now as a vegan bespoke catering style company. And we were talking to Deirdre from Neighbourhood earlier on in the show. And you would be one of the suppliers to Neighbourhood in Limerick and some of the other Neighbourhoods as well, which I'd say has really been fantastic for your brand and raising awareness, not only about the availability of vegan dishes, but about the different flavours that are available there and how tasty vegan food can be. 
Yes, absolutely. I Since COVID hit, obviously, neighbour food was a huge avenue for um, traders, certainly market traders, um, and the likes of myself that would be used to going to a place to sell where there are crowds. So neighbour food has been a godsend in, in that sense. Um, and that, that has just really, really flourished over the last year. So I'm in five different neighbour foods at the moment. And I've developed a steady stream of loyal customers through that. And a lot of people are trying it out. So people who would never normally try out vegan food are trying it out through neighbour food as well, which is fantastic. You have been a vegan for a number of years. Prior to that, you were a vegetarian. But just tell us about that story, because you were destined for this sort of life from a very young age. From a very young age, and um, my mother tells me that I, I never ate meat. I never liked eating meat from a very young age, and I remember that very well. Um, and she reckons it's due to seeing a dead pheasant on a table that I have no recollection of. Um, but she has recollection of that, and I used to feed the dog all my pork chops and everything else. I just didn't like the taste of it, so I was a vegetarian. But when we look back on vegetarian in those days, you really were just giving up red meat. As such, you weren't doing you know, the whole beef, there was no such thing as being vegan. I think there was, but there certainly wasn't a label on it. Um, and I was always wanting to eat more of the non-meat products than I ever was. Now, I ate cheese and I ate fish a little bit, but not too much. Um, and then when I started cooking, um, I went through hotel management in Shannon, which led me to, to cook in Switzerland and London. Um, and cooking in those, cooking meat, and cooking a lot of meat was, was a huge turnoff for me in the sense of it just wasn't agreeing with whatever I was at the, mo at the time. Um, but you had no choice. There's no way you would say to a Swiss chef, oh, by the way, I'm not cooking that because that, that wasn't an option then. Very, very strict. And you did what, what the chef told you. So I learned a lot, but it just didn't sit right with me. And then as I progressed into managing my own kitchens, I just didn't like it. I didn't like the, the fact that I was cooking all of these steaks. So I went out of the industry for a while, but always cooked at home. And eventually I, was, I went into training, HR manager, teaching. And eventually I just decided there was this little light bulb switch that went, why don't you just cook what you want to cook? You know, just do what you want to do. And that's how the vegan journey started because I felt even when I started five years ago it wasn't even half as popular as it is now and um, so I went in vegetarian let's say from September to December by December I was fully vegan so there was that little introduction where I was using a little bit of of eggs and cheese and um, so I was called vegetarian vegan and then went straight vegan from very very strict vegan then from the December of 2016 and um, and now it, it just, it's just grown. But I think there's lots of people who eat my food who aren't vegan. In fact, I know, I know there's lots, lots of people because they just like my flavor combination. They like what I'm doing. Um, and I think that side of things more so now, certainly in, in the, um, the whole epi um, the epidemic that we're going through, eating local and resourcing local is hugely important. So being able to source my own food local from my local suppliers, um, I signed up with the company there, which I won't name, but they were even specifying, look, there's zero miles for our cauliflower. You know, it's only 5K down the road or, or whatever. So I think it's really, really important to, to be seen to be supporting, to be seen to be doing it and um, having your food sourced locally. You, you you talk there about your mother saying that she feels mm. you, that she saw you saw the dead pheasant and that's what turned you mm. off meat and back then 
there would have been nowhere for your mother to turn to really to get more information about ensuring that the diet that you wanted to enjoy, i.e. plant-based or vegetarian, to make sure that you were getting all the nutrients and the, the vitamins that you needed. Whereas now there is a lot more information out there for parents or guardians who have young people in the household that want to go down that road and where back in the day, if you weren't sitting down to your meat and two veg, every night there was something wrong with you and something that you know you're not leaving the table until you've eaten every bite it's not really the parental approach now to the diet in the household and that's something that you find you've been able to help a lot of parents with in a consultancy role yeah so both in a consultancy role there's an awful lot of questions that i get even standing at the stall, my son has just gone vegan. What can I feed him? Um, but in the last course that we did, the last cooking course, there were three mothers and daughters, um, you know, couples that had signed up. And in fact, there was one mother who was in, in Scotland and her daughter was here in, in Limerick and they were doing it together even because she, the mum had always been vegetarian and had a huge influence on her life. But again, it was the nutrition what are we pushing in? Because a lot of people go for the easy options like the pizzas and the the pastas and the you know they're not getting enough protein and fiber into their diet. Um, and you say you know going back in the day, my mother wasn't even watching her diet. Then. You know there was no such thing as nutrition then because we came from a culture of yes we will have locally sourced food. So you know when my grandmother was cooking, she was cooking wholesome food. When it came to my parents, that's when the fast food and the processed food got, got introduced. And we didn't know then. You know, it's only now that we're starting to come out of it and the fog is lifting. And, and it is brain fog because we've been saturated with salt and sugar. Um, and I've got a, very, a great nutritionist that I talked to and that is coming on board to do things. So it's brilliant to have that side of things. So when people do sign on for my classes, they get both. They get nutritional information and flavor combinations and meal prep ideas, really, to make sure that there's always something in the freezer when your teenage vegan son comes home. Um, the wraps are proving very, very popular with young teenage boys at the moment. They're loving them. Um, I get a lot of orders for those. So, And in that, then there's loads of kale and there's loads of chickpeas and lots, lots of good things that... Um, that would be slow releasing energy and good and good for one's energy levels and body. I think the the teenagers of today and the the students and young people in their early twenties, they are definitely more savvy when it whenever it comes to nutrition than I was at that age, because it's only until it's only in recent years that I have realised what protein is and the importance of of protein, like the younger generation could teach us a thing or two and teach the older generation a thing or two about the protein because I think we, you know, we just think it it mostly comes from meat and red meat. That's where the protein comes from. But you've mentioned chickpeas there, for example, which is a great source of protein. What other plant-based ingredients are good sources of protein and those vital vitamins that we need to get into our diet every day? Okay, so recently I have just read a few studies on soy and I had breast cancer five years ago and I was actually steering clear of soy because um, there were reports to say, you know, it's not that great for you um, because of the estrogen and estrogen levels in it. So I um, did a bit of research along with my nutritionist and I've actually started to reintroduce that now in fabulous ways. Now you can get them smoked and marinated in lots of different ways. So tofu has become a big part of my 
um, my protein intake. Soya milk has become even that because I make lattes with it now. Um, and I include it in some of my sauces, whereas I wasn't before. Um, the, what I love now is the beans and the pulses. So the pre-lentils, you know, the green lentils. I'm not mad about the red lentils unless they're cooked really well in the dal. Um, and beans, any type of canned, frozen, fresh beans or legumes that you want to introduce into your diet is really important. A teaspoon of sesame seed, I always go back to this one because I think that's important. A teaspoon of sesame seeds just sprinkled on your food will give you enough protein in, in a meal. The great thing about plant-based protein um, is that it doesn't get stored as fat, whereas the meat protein actually does. So you can't overindulge really on your, your protein from a plant-based point of view, which I think is great. So I can I can add in loads of seeds and loads of lentils into whatever dinner I was having. Last night, I just had red rice stir-fried with tofu, lentils and broccoli. And um, I just put a bit of garlic, lemon and, and olive oil on it. And it was really, really tasty, like really tasty. You know, and it's just these type of, of nice, fresh flavors that I'm really enjoying um, since I've reintroduced tofu and I was a marinated tofu in wild garlic which I thought was absolutely fab and I, then I chopped up some wild garlic and kale and things like that but it was and I, you have them nearly raw that only slightly heated which makes it delicious but then you're you're ingesting all of that good source of protein into and then when you eat your greens then you've got your fiber which cuts down your protein which makes it more easily digested um and I've started to use a lot more olive oil. And again, I was thinking olive oil is fat. And when you cook with it, it becomes a saturated fat, which in fact is not necessarily true, even though it is saturated. It's not necessarily bad for you. But you just lose the, the, the minerals from it when you cook with it. So best to have it, have it in its raw state. But you can cook with it, which is probably better for you than other oils, you know. Before the pandemic hit, if you were out for a meal at night, what would you say to chefs, restaurateurs, hoteliers, whenever it comes to the vegan coming in? Do you feel that they're catering for your market or not? No, I think a lot of chefs, and I've spoken to a lot of chefs about this, think that we vegans are a big pain, a big, huge pain. And I actually did um, a conference there with Shannon College, and I think there was something like 200 hoteliers in it, and I was trying to introduce this fabulous fresh vegetables and you know saying how we need to change our mindset and really you know indulge in the whole thing and they were fascinated because I was introducing such great flavors and I said it's so much better than getting that chickpea curry and that nut roast that you know was often offered up to us or a mushroom um, risotto and a few of them came on and said that's exactly what's on our menu had you know so I'm uh, I've got some consultancy work lined up with with a few of them to um develop and create dishes just for them and I think it's really important because a lot of people even go for vegan vegetarian options you know people like that option um even if they're not fully vegan or it could be their vegan day a lot of people are doing you know vegan day just once a week or things like that so it's nice to have those options and um and it's good then I think it's a good reflection on the establishment that they've taken everybody into consideration Absolutely. so it's changing it is changing well that's it's good to hear that it is changing and I think when you look at a normal menu it's probably something that you could go through and find three or four dishes that can be modified slightly and and it makes them plant-based yeah I find I make up my own um 
dishes when I go into a restaurant. So I'll say, I'll have the pasta from there, I'll have the rice from there, and I'll have the avocado from the starter, and I'll have this, and I, and I kind of put it together. But I, I have to admit, I often bring my own pesto in a jar with me, just in case, <laughs> you know, I need something to make sure because it can be it can be tough it can be tough yeah well that is one of the reasons why you've started your series of online classes so explain how they work and what the different themes are of them okay so when before obviously the pandemic i was doing classes anyway um but these have started actually where i'm reaching a much wider audience so i am able to do various different um, classes via Zoom and they're recorded, which is great. So people aren't tied to a time. If they want to log on and cook with me at seven o'clock, which a lot of them do, and um, they can, and then a lot of them then just do it in their own time. So um, the first one really was an introduction to, to plant-based food because I had so many people ask me that, both through Neighbour Food and through through the stall and through, through my deliveries, because I've got a huge domestic delivery now as well. Um, and... That has then led to people asking me to do, can you do a detox? Can you do a sugar-free? Can you do an oil-free? So that's the, the one that, that we're currently running starting tomorrow evening. And then there's going to be one running for mother and child. I don't know what I'm going to call it yet because I just think mother and child sounds weird or teenager. Or, anyway, we've come up with a good name. And then we'll just be going through the seasons. So how to incorporate the seasons because that is really important for vegan food, is, especially if you're sourcing locally, is that you work with the seasons and what's in season, which makes my job a lot more exciting anyway because I'm constantly creating and not just doing the same thing. Although I have nut roast on the menu this week because it's Easter. Um, and normally I only do that around Christmas, just for my own sanity more than anything else. Nothing to do with seasonal food, but um, yeah, so we have that and we have Wellington on this week as well. So they're very popular for Sunday dinners for Easter. Well, if people want to get in touch with you to order your food, to sign up to a class, what's the best way for them to get in touch so the Ennis Farmers Market in Ross Levin is open every Friday from 8 till 2. And I'm there and I'm also in the milk market every Saturday in Limerick. And that's open, ready to go at 8 o'clock as well. Um, or you can go to any of my social media outlets at happyfoodathome.ie. Um, and I also have a web page, um, an updated website now. And you can actually put your name and information. There's a little space for you to say that you're interested in there. And you can go and order online as well now. So, um, yeah, at happyfoodathome.ie is the best way, whichever way you want to go. My number's everywhere, plastered all over the place. Fantastic. Great to talk to you about it. Best of luck with the classes. They sound great. And um, I must have a look at the oil menu for this week at Neighbourhood and get my order in before Neighbourhood closes at 12 o'clock tonight. Yes. <laughs> Do that, Sharon. Thanks a million for having me on. Anytime, Kira. <laughs> You're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM. Welcome back to The Best Possible Taste. I'm Sharon Noonan and just before the break, Kira Brennan from Happy Food at Home highlighted the joys of the plant-based diet and told us about her online cookery classes. And earlier in the programme, we celebrated one year of neighbour food in Limerick with host Deirdre McMahon. 
If you're just tuning in now and you missed that, you can catch the best possible taste on West Limerick 102 FM when it's repeated on Wednesday mornings at 8am and the podcasts are available to listen to on SharonNoonan.com as well as iTunes and the podcast app. And that's all we have time for tonight. Thanks for listening and to my guests, Deirdre McMahon and Kira Brennan. Before we go, a shout out to the hotels, cafes and restaurants in West Limerick that are doing some great meal kits and reheated home dishes for us to enjoy this weekend, including the West Limerick Lamb Burger from the Dunraven Arms Hotel in Adair, pizza kits from Springfield Castle in Drumcolliher, and check out the delicious offerings from Logra, 1820, Adair and Adair Manor for something very special. I'll be back in a few weeks time after I've scoffed copious amounts of Easter eggs. Be sure to do the same. Happy Easter to you all and bon appétit. Do you want to get in touch with the best possible taste? Do you want to come on, share a recipe, review a cookery book, or just have a general chat about what you like to eat and drink? All you have to do is get in touch with me, Sharon Noonan, by sending an email to s.noonan at live.ie or send me a tweet at Queen of Org. Bon appétit!